Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 107. Amen. This is a longer psalm, so my comments will be brief. But before I read it, I would like to mention a couple of items that might help us understand and simplify the psalm for us. The psalm is pretty easily divided into five separate sections with the divisions at verse 10, verse 17, verse 22, and verse 33. Each of the first four sections follow a similar pattern. There is a distress, a call for help, a deliverance, and then a thanksgiving to the Lord. Please notice that as we read each of these sections, after we are praising the Lord, there is a unique thought of the Lord's special blessing on us or a more particular way in which we can praise Him. This psalm, as in some other places in the Bible, has an application to all mankind, but is primarily for us as the redeemed. Right. With that in mind, one last thing before I read it, I would like to uh, turn your attention to the last verse of the psalm, as it is a concluding and a thought that will be beneficial to consider before we read the whole psalm. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Right. Even in the rare minority, within, within the redeemed of God, there will be those who are wise and those who are not. Yes. We should all desire to be wise. Yes. And this is a way in which we can do it quite easily. So with the divisions and the purpose of the psalm in place, please follow along as I read. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, Amen. whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Yes. And gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and declare His works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters... These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. 
They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are steel. Then they are glad because they be quiet, so He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of men that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there He maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these sayings, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Amen. As we jump into this psalm, the first section is verses 1 through 9 and refer to the Lord taking us from out of this world and from the hand of our enemies. Many in this church have experienced a time where they felt alone, lost and wandering with a hungry and thirsty soul. Yes. But we cry to the Lord as is stated in verse 6, and He not only hears us, He delivers us yes. in a right way to a city of habitation. Yes. No more wandering, no more solitary, and our souls are and have been satisfied. Amen. When we get to verse 8, which is the first of four times this verse is mentioned, the psalmist reasons here that based on the Lord's goodness in the previous sections, it should cause all men to praise the Lord for both His goodness and His wonderful works. Yes. The psalmist wants the point to be clearly understood that the Lord does so many good things that all men are without excuse if they do not praise Him. But most don't, which is why the verse is written the way that it is. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. The exclamation point at the end of each one of these verses can mean one of two ways to read this. Either it should be strong feelings, and in this case would would have been desperation. Can you hear the desperation in His voice almost saying, What more does He have to do for you for you to praise Him? Where are the men that want to praise the Lord? Oh, that men would praise Him. With His goodness and His wonderful works, we should not be able to go anywhere without hearing someone praising the Lord. Let it never be true in this church. Verse 8 can also be read and understood that it is just pure excitement. Oh, that men should praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works. And with both potential explanations being true, we can just say the word of the Lord is exceeding broad. As I said in my opening, verses 8, 15, 21, and 31, which are the repeated verses, are followed by a particular thought and an extra blessing. Verse 9 here, For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Has he done that for us? The second section is from verses 10 through 16. And this um, section refers to those who are in trouble because of their own rebellion. As is stated in verse 11, 
but the Lord still saved them after they cried unto him. All of us, in total honesty, would have to say we've rebelled against the Lord. But when we have called, he has delivered us. Verse 15 is a repeat verse. And if the the Lord and the psalmist thought it was important to have it in here four times, we can read it a couple more times. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 16 contains the unique blessing. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron and sunder. If we were behind bars or under gates of brass, most men wouldn't want to help us, let alone have the ability to help us. But the Lord is able to deliver us from both. The third section runs from verses 17 to 22 and involves fools getting themselves into trouble. And once again, like the previous section, we all can say that at times in our life we've been foolish and gotten ourselves in trouble. But the Lord heals us when we cry unto Him. Even when we're near death, we can cry and immediately the Lord can deliver us and will deliver us. And then our repeated verse in verse 21. Verse 22, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. This is a way in which we can praise the Lord. You need to voice your thanksgivings. It is a sacrifice. The Lord considers it important and it is something special to Him. And we need to do it joyfully at all times. There are so many things, but there's nothing, there's not a time when we cannot be thankful. Lord help us. The fourth section runs from verses 23 to 32 and it considers those in peril on the sea. This situation did not arise because of rebellion or foolishness like in the previous sections, but rather out of necessity. Many men have had to travel across seas to accomplish their business. This situation is out of men's control. There have been times where we can feel like our soul is melting, as in verse 26, or that we're at our wit's end in verse 27. But we can cry out to the Lord in verse 28, and He will bring us out of our distresses. His immediate response, He made the storm calm, and He he brought them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. The final section from verse 33 to the end of the chapter, and it is different, it's a unique from the first four, and it compares a contrast between the wicked and the righteous. Verses 30, 33 and 34 are a reminder of what the wicked do, or what the Lord will do to the wicked, excuse me. Yes. He turneth the wilderness into standing water and dry, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. The wicked can set their plans and think they have a plan in place, but the Lord can destroy those plans. And the reverse of that is ours. We can be in rough circumstances, but the Lord can turn it into our favor and to bless us beyond our comprehension. Verse 39 is a warning to us. Again, they are menished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. The Lord can bless us, but if we rebel and are foolish again... We'll be back to our original state, needing help and mercy from the Lord. And then, verse 41, He setteth the poor on high from affliction, and maketh him families like a flock. We can repeat this, but let's not. Let's praise, let's ask the Lord to help us, and when we get out of it, let's remember to praise and thank Him, and avoid rebellion and foolishness. Verse 43 provides a conclusion, which I mentioned in the beginning. Do we want to be wise in this church? We need to stop and consider the Lord's blessing on the righteous and the Lord's cursing on the wicked. Let us take comfort in our ability to call upon the Lord. But let us also praise Him as much as we call upon Him for the deliverances He gives us. 
And let us consider those around us, both the wise and the wicked, to fully and truly understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Yes. Amen. Amen.